listening to the YRU Interview Podcast, Episode 5. Hi, kitty cats. I am Amethyst Herrick, your hostess for YRU, an interview podcast about identity. In our last episode, I had a conversation about life and sound, a rebellion against labels and binary thought. In this episode, we meet Sierran, who overcomes his own challenges as he helps others overcome theirs. Check the show notes for more information about Sierran. This content is brought to you by subscribers of my Substack publication. If you are already a subscriber, Thank you so much. If you would like to show your support for shows like this one, as well as my writing, please consider subscribing using links you will find in the show notes. Enjoy this conversation with Sierran. All right. So today I'm sitting here with Sierran Lane. Sierran, thank you so much for joining me. Hey there, Amethista. Hey there. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's, um, so I'll start this off. I have um, really kind of one one interesting question that I want to ask because um, you know we're we're mm. talking about identity here. Really, could you could you give me um, five words that sum up Sierra and Lane? Oh, I feel like my LGBTQ uh, identities already take up quite a lot of them. I, I mean, I could put like gay, trans. Yeah, I'll, I'll try not. To have them take over all five words. Um, I think psychotherapist is part of it. I I think I care a lot about like a job that it's a part of my identity too. Um, writer to some extent. I though I think I write so much it just kind of merged into the background. Um, Pokemon fan. I don't know if that sounds that odd selection of random five words. No, I love that. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know whether you were really um, asking about personality traits or something, or identities, or like hobbies. Well, I guess there's no right or wrong. No, there's no. Certainly not. Just the top five words that that sum up mm-hmm. Sierra and Lane. So, so here's what I got down. Let me make sure this is all right. So I've got gay, transgender, mm-hmm. psychotherapist, writer, and then a Pokemon fan. Yeah. Good to go. Okay, I guess Pokey fan and we want to make it one word better. (laughs) (laughs) We can do that. I can change that. I'll edit that, you know, afterward, post-production, right? Mm. All right. So so one thing I notice, um, you know, I'm looking at this. You don't have your like you didn't use your name in there. So your is your name part (laughs) of your your uh your identity at all? Oh, I mean, I guess it is. I I guess I never really considered it as part of my identities. It's just something I took for granted. It's just, oh, it's just, it's just there. I mean, I don't hate it. I, I was the one who <laughs> made up my name. Well, originally it was an RPG kind of name, and then I somehow turned it into my legal name. Yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how, um, like, androgynous it sounds. At least to me, it sounds androgynous. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, I don't dislike it, but I think I more or less see it as in the background. Yeah, it's interesting. I never thought of that before. Sure. I mean, you know, mm. it's it's as a label, I guess, you know, 
you chose it, and yet there are others that uh, that clearly eclipse it. So, what about um, what about psychotherapists? So this is this is an occupation, and you had said, well, that yeah. was a large part of your identity. Um, do do you think normally, like an occupation, should be part of an identity? Mm-hmm. Why is it part of yours? Yeah, I, I do find it interesting. I uh, honestly, I was thinking in terms of what I include in my writer bios or medium bios and what other people choose to put in their bios. And I, I do put in psychotherapists. I mean, at first I was feeling imposter syndrome. Oh, I'm not good at it. But I've been having um, some really great successes of helping clients, and I felt really proud of myself. And I. I, I feel I finally feel like I deserve to call myself a psychotherapist. Um, I um, it's something I really enjoy. I I really really like um, like uh, like supporting people and seeing them well, literally like change their lives around. It's like seeing watching miracles happen often, and it it feels magical and amazing and just. Um, it feels really flattering to be even um, to even make any small contribution to someone's um, life changes. It, um, it, yeah, I, I guess I feel really boosted by the feeling that I had a positive impact on someone's life. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about it lately. It's sort of like we have a small influence that turns into something big like a ripple effect i even made this uh, analogy like i feel like we therapists are kind of like tributaries and mm-hmm. clients are like the river so um well, we can't control whether there'll be flash floods or droughts or landslides or whatnot and the clients a river that flows but uh tributary were um really small just a crook in a bend but we our influence is small, but the impact can be big. I I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, I I just really love it. And the more I um work as a therapist, the more I feel like I this is the right fit for me. And I feel very privileged. And honestly, I think being a therapist is one of the best jobs in the world. Well, I mean in my subjective opinion. Of, of course. So yeah, did really we, big did you? Me. Uh, did did you switch yeah. from a different profession then, or is this? No, this- no. I I was actually having like lots of like mental health and other health issues. Um, like I graduated in 2019 with my master's actually, but I I was just having lots of issues. I also had like two um, like gender affirming surgeries between that, which made it difficult. I just didn't really know how to apply to jobs and I tell employers that I had to like take a leave of several weeks shortly after starting the job. I just didn't know how to do that. Right. And um the bigger thing was that I was having what I called job search phobia or I just even um applying to a job even applying to a job sets me into just a really nasty panic attack. It was just oh, I see. It was really discouraging. Like exposure therapy can help, but it's it's really depressing and tiring to just force yourself to face your greatest fear day after day. I just oh gosh. But eventually, I managed to find a way out. Like okay, um, I can do private practice, which is essentially self-employment. So I don't have to apply for a job that 
uh, regular way. I don't apply for anything. I just set uh, myself up and find clients. Right. And yeah, I've been feeling, I've also, I'm also very lucky. My um, parents, I know we don't have the best relationship, but they do financially support me as I um, work my way up towards financial independence one day. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I, this, I mean, I don't know how, how coherent this question is going to be. Cause you had said yeah. in 2019, you had finished your master's degree and yeah. you also were ha- were struggling with some mental health um, some mental health yeah. issues. Is that part of why you thought about going into psychotherapy? Is a, it's a no. master's degree in psychotherapy? What's the um, what's the degree? Uh, well, first of all, just a uh, kind of I don't know Eddie Dimmer, just uh, comment. I I mean I don't have absolute um, evidence for saying this. So. Um, but I would bet that many, if not maybe even most therapists probably had some experiences with mental health issues. And in right. fact, I, I really wonder whether it's possible to go through life without any such mental health struggles. I yeah. mean, just I, I just find it to be very implausible. that. We, but of course, I would be biased because I literally see people who have struggles. No, I, I think the people around me are very focal about what what they go through. Um, right. So it's just I, possible to have to be like so perfectly conforming to the norm and be so perfectly well just to how I don't see how that's but but well that's that's me. Oh, okay. Um, no, uh, I, I mean I think that's a great oh, point because actually I mean you said you know can you conform. To the norm is, is, I mean, is that the definition of a mental health issue that that we don't? And I'm saying we because I am right up there with you, Sierran. Um, yeah. You know, is is it because we don't conform to the norm that we have some sort of you know mental health issue? Because what the hell's normal, right? I mean, you know, yeah, each of us, exactly. you know, and sort of exploring ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. what should be yeah. normal normal is what exactly. our parents want us I, to do so <laughs> yeah okay I, I guess I, I should clarify that I, I yeah I just kind of am conscious that since I have a professional background that people <laughs> might take my words a bit more seriously so I just have to be more careful with what I say so I um so they're like they're different like ways of defining what a, a mental illness is I mean the ones that I the definitions I like the most are like it has to cause like significant distress for the person and um it severely impacts their functioning for example mm-hmm. like their um their social life their relationships um their job school or yeah something that really affects them sure. but of course even even if it's not like a really huge impact but they still feel really bothered by it and want to seek help that's totally valid too so right. um that's like not really directly related to uh, following the norm but it could still dove they could still dovetail in a way like if um for example if i i'll make something up if i tend to be really outspoken and direct with um what i say but i'm in an environment where it's where you're like socially penalized for being so honest and direct and maybe I would struggle even though there's nothing like inherently wrong with being direct in your speech it's so it's sort of like there's some conf, like conformity thing but yeah I can see how it can um 
be distressing for me in terms of my relationships with others, which could affect like my health and maybe I could feel bad because like, well, it seems like I can't get along with anyone or I can't really make or keep friends and that sure. sucks for me it's not really like my fault per se but um yeah in therapy you could like figure out what you want to do I mean it it could include any even things like actually leaving your social environment and finding better circles I mean yeah I don't want right. to like uh, make it sound like there's a one-size-fits-all solution, but that's a, an example of what um, some clients may choose to do. But, you know, it's an, it's an interesting, you know, question to ask as we, you know, as we explore ourselves sort of in general, you know, the things that yeah. cause us distress, a lot of times, you know, don't cause other people distress. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you had mentioned um, your ability to be helpful, you know, that that in your profession, you can be helpful and and you know, provide support, even mention life changing, which is, you know, that's a, that's a big term, you know, to say, Hey, I've, I have, I have helped somebody's, you know, life get better. And I don't disagree because, because there's no doubt Mm -hmm. there have been, um, you know, there have been therapists who have helped me, helped me, you know, see things that certainly I did not. So anyway, very interesting. I, Mm -hmm. I uh, appreciate that, um, you know, the discussion on that. How mm-hmm. how does that turn into how has that played into uh you know the word writer? So you also mentioned writer. How does that play mm. into it? Yeah, uh you mean um the link between uh therapy and writing or just writing with myself? Um no, good question. Mm. So I was thinking really, you know, the 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 link, like how is how is how is your psychotherapist also expressed mm. as a writer? But maybe it isn't. Maybe the oh. two are are completely distinct. I guess I'll, I'll I'll leave it to you. Are they different? <laughs> how, do, how do the two relate? Yeah, I, I think they do relate quite a lot. Um, um, I find that what I learned through my um, experiences, well, either with like um, clients directly or um, things I discuss with my supervisor or colleagues or things I learned from books or my courses, the, all of that um, I find really dirt informs my sorry informs my writing uh, both my non-fiction blog posts or my fiction stories um they uh, uh for people who have read like quite a bit of my work they may see that i i tend to have a very psychological angle to things like i um it's really natural for me to get into things like relationships personality um social norms uh, all sort of cycles, uh, psychological stuff. I, I do that even in my fiction, so mm-hmm. it's really related. And um, I find it just even writing down my experiences or well, or uh, fictional experiences, which um, are often related to my own life in some way. They mm-hmm. also um, help me understand my reality better and which also then helps me with my clients. Um, some clients are also writers themselves. So surprisingly, I could use my experience as a writer to help them. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it actually happened. It's sort of like, what do you do with like writer's block or imposters in the room? Right, Something right. Like that, you know? Oh, that's a, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So, so I, so you had mentioned, by the way, because, because now I'm, now I'm really interested because you, you had said that, so it was at the end of 2019, I believe, that you said you had both uh, gender-affirming surgeries? Yeah, oh, oh, oh not, um, 
It was, well, I had uh, one that, well, I had the first one in 2020, actually. It was shortly before the lockdown started, oh, at okay. least here in Ontario, Canada. And um, then my other surgery was in summer 2021. But yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, I mean, I guess it was just a lot to handle in itself, even emotionally. It was mostly positive, but... It's so, I, re, I recognize now that even positive changes mm -hmm. um, can be stressful. It's just, a, it's sort of like re, reorganizing your whole reality. Right? That, 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 that's how it felt right. to me. But, but I right. mean, the main issue was the mental health issues. And also my eye strain is so bad. I mentioned it earlier that um, it felt horrible that um, during the lockdown, the norm was to do video chat, so I just felt like right. I was just excluded. Um, I mean, I, I was told by some people that um, telephone therapy is valid and some clients prefer telephone, but I, I was just so entrenched in this kind of embarrassment and shame about having eye strain. You know, it's an mm -hmm. acquired disability only. I only really started having it in, I think, 2016, 17-ish so it was relatively new for me. So I was still going through the very distressed and despairing kind of phase. I yeah. and just, yeah, I, I just, um, and certain people in my life, uh, I had to say, just kind of contributed to making me feel, well, awful about myself due to this disability. Oh my God. I mean, I think I've gotten to this stage where um, I've seen that uh, the vast majority of people are sympathetic um, to my struggles. And I'm, um, I have figured out a lot of accommodations for myself. And I'm usually confident enough to request accommodations when I need to. <laughs> so it, right. it's gotten a lot better for me. I mean, I still have struggles, but at least um, I feel more at peace with it or more able to cope with it but right, yeah exactly. so I, that also helps because right now i'm only doing telephone appointments though so i just really also recently opened up the in-person thing i i can start to book in person at this place right but yeah i i was just like not doing video therapy i mean technically i could do some things like like what i do with you here my mm. paper covering the screen but i I'm kind of holding at the camera place, but it's it would still be weird. Like the client sees me, but I usually don't see them. But, right. But sure. Anyway, yeah. So that also contributed to like the um kind of like putting off of it for so long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I do you may I ask you a, a question about the gender affirming surgery? And and this is not procedural. I is it okay? All right. So, so at this point, so at the time of recording, so this is April 5th, 2023, that we're recording this, um, you know, I have not undergone any surgeries mm -hmm. at all. I'm at this point, I'm only, you know, hor hormones uh, into this. Mm -hmm. I expect, you know, to, to do the, the gender affirming surgery and maybe the next, you know, year, I, I guess I don't, you know, mm -hmm. I don't even have like a, a schedule, you know, in mind, but I'm curious because um, you're actually the the first person that I've spoken to who has, like, actually spoken to um, directly, who has gone through the 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 gender affirming surgery. How did that affect you know just your your perception of yourself? I mean, did you know we call it gender affirming? 
But I'm curious if if that's, you know, was really confirming to you as well. You know, you are who you are. And, and um, mm. I don't know if that turned into yeah. a question. If that's enough, you know, <laughs> run with it. But uh, <laughs> what did yeah, that do to you? I mean, I, oh, oh, sorry. I, I didn't really use that term because I heard that it's, uh, it's a better term, uh, sorry, a better term than um, sex or gender reassignment surgery. Right, but right. Gender affirmation. Affirming therapy was a better term, but anyway, I did. That's why I use that term. So, um, well, for me, I um, I'm happy that after getting both top and bottom surgery, I finally feel comfortable with my body. Mm. So, and that's yeah, that's a major plus. Um, yeah. Being red as male most of the time, at least in person, really really helps with my self confidence. I mean, I I do get the sense now that. Um, I don't know. I've been told that in my photos, I look a lot more feminine, but in person, I look a lot more masculine. Oh I, my gosh. I don't yeah. really know. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, I mean, think even on video, I think I, I don't know. Maybe I just consciously pick photos that look more feminine. I don't, I don't know. Some things to work out there, but I think yeah. my facial hair somehow is just less visible in photos. I don't even know why. Right. I, I think that's, yeah, and uh, and I think my just my hair's just gradually disappearing. <laughs> that actually just ironically helps me pass with just uh, right. weird, but right. okay, I'll take what I can. I mean, I I don't want to be bothered by anyone. I just want to go through life. Just I don't know, like a regular person, just go to the gym, be safe, and just you know, right. go enjoy myself, and then go home. Right. Don't want to no, be bothered I, or get questions. Yeah. I I will tell you, I mm-hmm. you, you had mentioned mm-hmm. to me at one point that you were transgender, mm-hmm. and when you came mm-hmm. on video, I I w- I wondered if it was the same person. I was like, wait, was that who I was talking to? So oh. I read you as one hundred percent man. I, for oh, what it's worth thank you. So, absolutely yeah this is the point where you say i'm going to pull the paper down hey i read you as 100 percent woman do you want to there's the scene yeah, you are yeah. <laughs> all right i guess that was enough of of uh you know fishing for compliments on there but so um the the last thing so you know you you also brought up gay and so um mm. Is there, you know, is there any relationship among psychotherapists writing, you know, you're writing, I, I know you mostly through fi- your fiction. So like, I kind of know the answer to this, but, you know, does, does, um, you know, being gay and, and, uh, you know, does the sexuality and gender, you know, how's it play into the rest of that, your, your psychotherapy mm-hmm. or your writing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, do talk a lot. I mean, I, I guess where fiction is just obvious enough because some, sometimes I write um, gay romances or trans right. characters. Or, right. Um, right. Well, in, in the... Mm-hmm. Um, right. Oh, gosh. I've lost the dragon's oh. name. <laughs> oh, oh, Anastasia. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I should have had that written down. It's right. okay. <laughs> who is Who um, identifies as non-binary. Yeah. So... So I, you know, so I know that 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 there are characters. How how does that inform any of the rest of, um, you know, who you are? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think I didn't really make this clear at the beginning of the interview, but I'm also uh, non-binary. I used to use those new pronouns too, cis here. Mm. Uh, well, actually, no, I use cis, but 
Anastasia is using C tier. But I, I kind of gave up on them when I realized most people were not confident enough with the pronouns grammatically. So I'm just, okay, whatever, he, him, is you. I mean, it was awkward for me to keep reminding people to. It's just, I, I want my life to be easier too, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, um, so yeah, I do really like the writing in my characters. Um, I do, in a way, some kind of LGBTQ plus utopia. I mean, the societies I write about are technic are typically a lot more queer and trans friendly um, mm -hmm. than it is here. I mean, there are like occasional bigots, but they're still on the mild end because they're just such a strong social norm that it, you know it it's taken for granted that well that we are equal to cishet people. There's no question right. about it. Right. It's like no no excuse for not bothering with people's proper pronouns. Right. Just, Agreed. I, yeah, right. Also, some wishful fulfillment, I guess. And <laughs> I, I mean, it's not not Anastasia, but some other characters I've written about in the past. That well, there is in this magical world, and they well, they get to uh, transition like however way they want in their bodies, and like um, magically, it's quick. Um, that doesn't really cost money and it's painless. I, well, clearly wish fulfillment there, but right. you know, I, <laughs> right. I can be happy through my characters. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> painless. Yeah. I, I've been, uh, just complete yeah, tangent, exactly. but I, I don't know if oh, you're familiar yeah. with the Sailor Moon stories. Are you at all? Oh Is yeah. I used to be really obsessed with Sailor Moon when I was okay. a kid. So, so Sailor yeah. Uranus. So I will tell you, I've only, um, you know, I avoided it for years and years and years. And finally I went, oh gosh, you know, there are some really pretty editions uh, mm -hmm. that, that just came out. So I only just met Sailor Uranus, I don't know, a couple of days ago. And it was three or four days, I don't know, within the last week. And I went, oh my gosh, like this is, you know, a complete, you know, male and female Sailor Guardian. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, my son brought it up. He goes, oh, yeah, you know, you'll you'll meet him, her. Um, you know, she, you know, she just kind of transforms and it's done. And I went, oh. yeah, would that it was that easy. Because mm. it ain't. <laughs> right. Whether in society or anything. But. All right. Gosh. I got one more question yeah. for you, because I got to tell you, I also really love Pokemon. I I've I love the the card game. I haven't played the card game in, in, you know, some months, but I used to play online all the time or go to the, the game store. Um, all right. You got to tell me a little bit about PokeFan then. Yeah, PokeFan. I mean, um, oh, uh, one thing about uh, being a PokeFan, I used to have um, some semi-imposter syndrome, even if that sounds weird, just... I think at, at at some point I had some black and white thinking, thinking, hey, I can't really call myself a pokey fan if I'm not up to date and I play all the games and mm. be so familiar with everything and stuff. But yeah, like there was one point, I mean, even right now, it's, uh, just um, me so busy with like lots of other life priorities that I'm not like actively playing, even though it, mm -hmm. it's so dear to my heart and all that. And I realized later, you know, there's no, there's no one right way to be a pokey fan. You could be as involved or not as involved as you like, and it doesn't 
invalidate your love for love oh, for sure. Pokemon. Like, yeah. Right. Even if someone literally only collects plushies, for example, that's also valid. Just it doesn't have to be hardcore. Well, I have to play all the games and all that. <laughs> right. No, every single species. I I do have to admit, I kind of I more or less stopped catching up since Generation Seven, Sun and mm. Moon. Because yeah. I, I just I think even I'm getting a little bit too much. Just I mean I uh, I mean on the one hand I I'm kind of happy that it's still going on even after um how long has it been like two decades or 20, more yeah. Than, yeah more 20, than two decades wow yeah 22 years I'm, I can't think the, the oh my part, gosh it's been forever right? yeah it's been forever and and I'm yeah. going to tell you I am devastated that team rocket mm. is breaking up oh no I'm never going to hear I'm Jesse. I'm James again. Oh my gosh! I can't. I'm devastated. Oh no! Did you did you hear that news? Um, no, I've been a little out of the loop lately. But all right, wow, that's just the the canon has been well. The canon has been broken. I I don't right. Know. It, it just, is wow. Damn. Jesse and James are 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 Pokemon to me. So. Oh, well, all right. Gotta let oh. them go. But Team Skull, however, you know, one of, one of my favorite ones, you know, because they were so mm. so dopey. They're all dopey, but Team Skull had the dance. I don't know if you remember yeah. the dance. So, yeah. The, oh, my God. That's so funny. I think that so, was Sun Moon. Yeah. And I, I, think, I, I don't know if this is funny or not, but my first ever... Um, I would call it Game Crushers, Gladion, but Sun and Moon. I just thought he looked so cool. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, And I, al- I always thought it was really interesting when the characters kind of um, not black and white in their, like, morality. Like, he's kind of a villain, but not quite. It's just I really love his backstory, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So that, that was what I had for you, Sierra. I want to, I want to, um, I'm going to paint, I'm going to paint a picture of Sierra and if that's, uh, yeah, sort of sum up here. So I've got, um, someone who is helpful and supportive, a psychotherapist who changes lives and then, um, a writer who doesn't engage in the black and white because there is a spectrum and, and an in-between that's, which is where you live. Mm-hmm. That being said, sun and moon, I, I think we can probably, uh, we can agree it's moon, right? It's the Pokey fan. Yeah. Moon. No? Are you going <laughs> no, with Sun? I, I, kind of, I mean, I do like um Lunala more than so Galio and Sun. See? But, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Sierra, thank you so much um for talking to me. I really super appreciated it. Um all right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Alipisa. <laughs> I truly appreciated getting Sierran's take on mental health and the difficulty each of us faces daily. Sierran, thank you again, and by the way, you owe it to yourself to pick up Pokemon Violet. I mean, it's purple. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Why Are You? If you'd like to hear more, please consider subscribing using the links you're going to find in the show notes. And until next time, remember that burning question, Why Are You?